You are listening to episode 46 of the Ridiculous Hour Foundation podcast. My name is Kat Silverglate, founder of the Mobile Mission Project here at the Ridiculous Hour Foundation, where we exist to inspire responsive lives, ridiculously responsive lives. And by responsive, we're not talking about greater efficiency. Jumping at every bell, ding, and whistle in the name of efficiency has driven us just plumb crazy. We're exhausted and overwhelmed. And it doesn't mean responsive to guilt and shame because those just aren't good motivators. They're not of God. They may get us to go in a direction for a little bit, or even in a positive direction for a long bit. But they're not good long-term motivators, and they shouldn't be. And it most certainly doesn't mean responsive to the judgment of others because we have one judge, and he has chosen to judge us with mercy. Here's what we think it does mean. It, It means that God is always poking and prodding and nudging and wooing us toward his good purposes for our lives. It does mean that finding practical, joyful ways to respond to that, that's crucial to a sane life, to a purposeful life. And it does mean we hope that things like this podcast, aimed at helping us grow in delightful ways and responsiveness to the promptings of God, well, that's worth slowing down for. So we hope you'll press the pause button of your life for just the next 17 or 18 minutes and take in our true story for October of 2023 and our 30-day mission, which you'll hear at the end of this podcast. It's called Lights Up So That. Here's the story. When I repeat her description of the scene that day, it sounds really intense. We were in an abandoned warehouse downtown. I was screaming my head off. They told me, you can struggle as hard as you want to. We won't let you break our grip. I fought so violently and screamed so loud, the people on the street outside, they were about to call the cops. She was an extra in a movie short in Idaho. I've watched this production now a few times. You can't even see her face. You see kind of this blur of her hair as she's thrashing around, apparently terrified of these burly men who are playing hoodlums. It's really hard to decide which of these facts is more ridiculous. A film production company in Boise or the fact that she was an extra? Jen Gleason is a five-time award-winning sports producer. She has five Emmys, five. (laughs) And she was an extra in a movie short in Boise. She is hilarious when she talks about this role. I didn't really know much about the scene that day, just that they needed an extra, and I was supposed to show up dressed like I was out on a date. So when I arrived, the actor playing my boyfriend was young, very young, and he took one look at me and he said, am I supposed to be on a date with my mom? And I responded, watch it. Jen Gleason has a quick wit and a quicker mind. But the road to the Emmy spotlight started the way many successful careers do, in the most invisible place, the bottom. After college, I started at Fox Sports in Atlanta at $10 an hour as a production assistant. And then I moved on to an associate producer and eventually I landed as the senior producer at Comcast Sports. This woman was a female producer in a very male dominated industry. There were 45 people who reported directly to her 
And navigating all that was, to say the least, challenging, but it was also really rewarding. She loved her job. Four Emmys later and 10 years into her skyrocketing production career, she and her husband made a pretty big decision. They were gonna partner with family, who lived in Idaho, and start a new business. They both knew this was the opportunity to start a family in a less hectic environment. So they got ready to, for the big move and really a totally different lifestyle and culture from Atlanta to Boise. So about a month before leaving Big City Life, she got the news. Another one of her productions was entered for an Emmy and two months after settling in the land of potatoes, she gave birth to her one and only son and two weeks later, listen to her description of what happened. I was laying on the couch and I could hear my phone absolutely blowing up across the room, but I was afraid I'd wake him up if I moved. So I stayed there until he stirred. And when I finally got to my phone, I had like 40 messages. I'd won another Emmy and I wasn't even there to accept it. This new little life had so completely shifted my focus. I'd forgotten all about that. Still, the transition from the spotlight to the nightlight of hourly feedings and spit up and blow out diapers, they cause more than a bit of an identity crisis for her. Kat, I went from a bustling city, working 60 hours a week in a high profile job that held spotlights on ratings and followers, likes, clicks, views, awards, to a small town where they drove really slow, didn't know my name, and they preferred Calvin's mom to Jen. And please don't get me wrong, I loved being a mom, but I didn't know how to grasp the concept of worth outside the context of career success. Where did I fit in the world now? Maybe for the first time in her life, it sounds like Jen felt more like the extra than the producer who drew the spotlight to some big action. An early turning point came for her when she found a church. She joined a small group and she started to meet other people who struggled with the same questions. People who were vulnerable in their confessions about feeling this way. And you know what happened? A kind of spiritual infrastructure began to come into focus around her. The things she once considered, quote, on the fringes of her career life, close quote, they suddenly look like the main things. Connections were no longer a result of what she did for a living or what she worked on making to further her success. Connections and relationships, they were becoming the main thing. I love how she uses a reference to the production world to try and make this shift really clear for us. You can start to overlook your people and the security in your surroundings, but from a production standpoint, you'd never do that. If you took away all the extras, you wouldn't understand what was going on. I started to realize that none of the people around me were extras, not even me. And like a sunrise that gradually makes the day appear, the truth that there are no small parts in God's kingdom started to filter the lens of her interactions with others, and maybe more her perspective on worth. And then one day, Hill City pastor Andrew Branham called and asked if she'd lend some of her production expertise to a film project. It was pretty outside the box. Get this, 
It was aimed at bringing God's story to life from the first person vantage point of the thieves, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, and people like them in the Bible. He wanted people to see Christ through the lens of what the world might call the extras. She jumped, but she also had to check herself because of her tendency to say yes a lot. (laughs) I often say yes quickly to things because they sound so cool and exciting, but really, Kat, I think I need to be in rehab for this. Do you know I have to reread The Best Jest by Lisa Turkist every year to try and keep myself in check? But this opportunity seemed to be directly from corporate with a capital C, from Christ alone. It absolutely lit her up. I loved working in TV and here he was inviting me to be behind the scenes to use some of my past life to shine the spotlight on him. How cool is that? Vantage Films, the nonprofit that makes these shorts, they've now released stories about Christ from the vantage point of Zacchaeus, Rahab, Mary Magdalene, Saul, Mary, and most recently the thief on the cross next to Jesus, traditionally called Dismas. There are countless more of these in the works. And Jen, she's on the board now, filling in as an extra whenever she's needed. And she's feeling the gift of worth that comes from what he did in her, not what she's doing for him. But when you listen to her, you hear this, perhaps the clearest perspective shift in this whole worth spotlight thing. It happened to her most recently when her father died. I started to think more intentionally about my footprint. My dad's footprint was huge. Her dad was the one who took her to church as a teen after her parents divorced. He was the one who went church shopping with her for a full year after this honest conversation. Uh, Hey dad, did you understand any of what happened in that church service? Uh, No, Jen, was I supposed to? He was the dad who made a public profession of faith with her after they found a church where they fit, after they understood what was going on after they were embraced by a loving community. He left an eternal footprint in her. It made her focus on the question, what is a worthwhile legacy? I have these beautiful gold trophies on my shelf in my living room, but is that really my best footprint? Shining the spotlight on Jesus for my son and others, it's so much bigger. The relationship between the spotlight and worth can be really confusing in this cultural moment, can it? Followers, clicks, likes, awards, influencers, mega influencers. No matter how many we get, it never fills the hole, does it? It's never quite enough, is it? But Jesus tells us to let our light shine before others. Not only that, he tells us not to hide our lights, not to cover them up. But here's the deal. Here's where he's coming from. He reverses the direction of the light. Rather than finding our worth in spotlights shining on us and our glory and our accomplishments, he lights us up inside. And then he sends us out into the hurting world to illuminate the hope of glory for others. We're the light that shines on him by our very lives. Isn't that so cool? 
Here's Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount talking to ordinary people like you and me and Jen. Matthew 5, 15 and 16 in the New Living Translation. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Don't miss it. So that. There's a reason for that light, for that spotlight. So that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. There's an image on the cover of this mission pack and on our website associated with this mission. It's from the Passion Conference in 2013. I took my son there. There were these magnificently huge spotlights at that conference in that stadium, but they were shining up to heaven on a stage where people were singing praises to the Lord, were speaking about his goodness and all that he had done. That's us. Our lit up lives are intended to point others up to him, to hope. In Jen's words, and I love this, not one of us are extras. We're all essential to the production. There are no bit parts in the kingdom. Well said, Jen Gleason. Well said. We are made to be spotlights to glory. So if you've gotten your mission pack already, go ahead and shake out those contents. You have a four by six photo with Matthew 5:16 and a really cool light bulb emblazoned on the cover of that image. If you don't have your mission pack or you haven't started getting them in the mail, just hop on over to our website, theridiculoushour.com. We'll get one out to you right away. Here's our October challenge, part one. Can you use this image in a place where it can remind you to meditate on these three, these three things once each day in October? 31 times a day. Normally we have a 30-day challenge. This is a 31-day month, a 31-day challenge. Here we go. Number one, there are no small parts in God's kingdom, including mine. Pay attention. Are you seeing yourself as an extra? Are you seeing other people as an extra? There are no small parts in the kingdom of God, including yours. Number two, I will not withhold the good the Lord prompts me to today. I will not do it. I will let my good deeds go unto him out into the world. I will, because that's what he asked me to do. Not for my glory, but for his. Number three, I will let my light shine so that my Father in heaven will be glorified. Motives do matter, and God can do a lot with mixed motives. Only God really sees our motives. But here, here it is. He spells it out. We are made to be motivated by him and for his glory. Okay, part two. One more thing. You're also going to find a small whimsical light bulb sticker. Really colorful and bright. Okay. At some point in this month, you might meet someone who needs to know. There are no bit parts in God's kingdoms. None. Can you give this sticker to that person? Can you tell them the truth we shared with each other today? Can you encourage them in the Lord? Look for it. Wait for it. Ask for it. Or it might happen this way. You might be the one who finds yourself out there on the battlefield of life needing some encouragement. And you find the light of glory shining through some earthen vessel. Will you be ready to give that sticker away? Tell them 
God used you today to shine a spotlight on him through your life and to make the light be brighter in my life to encourage me today. Thank you. If you need some encouragement as you walk out this mission this month, you can head on over to our website, to our mission page, and find this mission, Lights Up So That. Click on it. When you do, you'll see three more boxes. Hear it, see it, or read it. Click the see it, and you'll be able to view the story of Dismas with Jen as the extra. And remember, even though if you blink, you might miss her appearance, it wouldn't make any sense without all of the lights shining onto Jesus. And if you are new to all of this and you have no idea where to start with God, will you please remember this? He started with you a long time ago. He'll never stop knocking. The question for each and every one of us is this, every single day, will we respond? Amen? Amen.